Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth on Muddied Waters Media. Everybody, welcome in. I'm so glad it's another beautiful Friday. Friday! Which means you're, of course, here on Muddy Waters Media with me, Mr. Merka, the Beard of Truth. I've got a, an excellent guest today. It is the one and only Fina Benoit. So, today she uh, is joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jones Act. We're also going to be talking about something in the little near and dear to a lot of libertarians' hearts, and that's, of course, Talking a little bit about the war on drugs, specifically around cannabis reform. Um, so I've got some updates on the William Henry um, situation, circumstance up there in Indiana. So it will be, uh, we'll have a lot of things that we're going to be touching on today. So it's going to be well worth your time, educational. Because the Jones Act is something that we talk a lot about, but it's not something that a lot of people dive into. So today we're going to be doing that with Fina, and I am so incredibly excited for that. But before we get into the show, of course, I have to I have to address this comment. I should tune in here because my social media comments are going to kill my social score. Um, watch out for that that communistic social score. Um, first of all, thank you guys, each and every one of you guys, for joining in today. Whether you guys are joining us on all of your favorite social media platforms, whether that's Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch float odyssey wherever you're seeing the live stream thank you so much if you're catching us later on the podcast thank you for that as well make sure you guys are giving us those five star reviews if you're watching on youtube click the bell if you're on facebook put us as your favorite we are fighting a little bit of of throttling from some of the social media apps so what you can do to make sure that you get us whenever all the videos come out from matt and spike or or of course here on mr murk of the bearded truth However you can see us, we want your phone to blow up whenever we go live. So thank you guys so much for that. Thank you to Matt and Spike, of course, for continuing to give me a platform to reach out to and use uh, and voice my opinions, my views, and my stances on everything and to bring on amazing guests such as what we have today. Thank you to Brian Scott Lambrick and Jenny for the introduction uh, song that we use on each and every one of these episodes. Um, and of course, if you guys are looking to find a way to lean into the Muddy Group, to help out and make this platform bigger, you guys can always head on over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe. And there for the low, 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 low price of $10 per month, you can be getting a lot more exclusive content. You could be getting muddied Murica where me and Matt Wright sit down and, and parse through a, usually a terrible, terrible topic. So you could be well equipped to fight the, the, the keyboard warriors of the left and the right. Or you can be catching that third exclusive episode of Matt and Matt and Spike each and every week. So there's a lot of great content out there. There'll be more and more content being filled out, but only those exclusive subscribers by going over to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe will be getting in on that. Um, and of course, I want to give a huge shout out. If you guys missed last week's episode, we had Spike Cohen coming on and we talked about what's ailing us. We talked about how to fight through some of the mentality, some of the physical ailments that, that bring us down to the, to the darkest holes. 
And from that conversation, the Dapper Squirrel, we put up a, a post for them um, to sell some of their shirts. And because of what Spike had done, because of this episode, they were incredibly blessed. We didn't know that they were in an economic hole of sorts. And so we were help, able to help them through that. So thank you to each and every one of you who saw those posts, who went on there, purchased the shirts um, and supported that amazing cause, amazing people running that and, and helping people when they didn't even, when we didn't even know they needed the help. It's, it's truly an amazing feeling. So I wanted to thank you guys all for being a part of that. Um, but we do have to talk about, here's that Dapper Squirrel, if anyone's looking for it. DapperSquirrel.com slash products. And then you can find the Dear Person graphic tee. Um, we do have two events coming up that I want to shout out for everybody. So if you're looking for something to do in Ohio um, on August 20th and 21st, this is something that you're going to want to be a part of. Um, we're going to be talking about criminal justice reform. It's going to be a summit for two days. You can sign up. It's it's free event. They're going to cater in food. They're covering hotels. Just head on down to rebrand.ly slash CJR. You'll be a part of this. Spike Cohen will be there. I will be there. Kelsey Line will be there. Um, there's going to be a, it's a star studded event and we're going to be talking about criminal justice reform, engaging in the political arena, whether that's at county, city, or at the state level. Um, being able to take these steps to make a brighter future for all. This is something you're going to want to be a part of. Head on over to rebrand.ly slash CJR to sign up today. If you're looking for something to do this election night, head on down to Brevard County, Florida. If you head down to Melbourne, Florida, uh, to Brevard Zoo and uh, Niami Niami River Lodge, Spike Cohen, myself, and a bunch of other amazing libertarians, libertarian podcast. There's going to be a, a table there for Defy the Power and Stitches and Glitches that you're going to want to get some merch from. This is going to be one hell of a night, one hell of an event, and they're looking to get help. And so if you guys are able to make it there November 8th this year, down there to Brevard County, Florida, head on down to lpbrevard.org slash gala, sign up. Uh, to join if if this is something where you're not gonna be able to make it but you want to sponsor the event or you want to be a part of the brochure head on down to lpbrevard.org slash gala hyphen sponsors um my militarism almost came out and i almost said gala tax sponsors i don't know how many people would would get that reference um outside of military um But head on down over there. There's uh, many ways that you can be a part of that event and it's going to be incredible just that that night that john jordan marlowe guy there he is a mayor that was elected as a libertarian and re-elected he is moving the way forward he is how we can get this done also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to kelsey lion designs you can also go to kelsey lion dot design brand new website uh so we'll be getting this updated in no time but if you're a candidate if you have a business if you have an event coming up and you're looking to take it to the next level kelsey lion designs is going to do that for you whether it's logos brandings business cards publications what have you if you need a graphic designer Kelsey will be able to take care of you like no one else can. Use the code uh, Muddied Waters and she'll give you a nice discount over there. Nug of Knowledge. You're looking for some nugs. You're looking for some knowledge. You're looking for some love. Nug of Knowledge. Head on over there. Use the code Bearded Truth. They're going to give you 10% off. They can't actually legally talk about what it is that you're getting. But I assure you it's green. It's happy. And it will 
be able to make you at least think that you're sounding a lot smarter while you're on it. Um, it's great stuff. I, I know plenty of people who have used this. Head on over there to Nug of Knowledge. Use the code Bearded Truth. You're not going to regret that. Make sure you're in a state that's legal for legal for happiness. And I think that may be it. So today I do have on... Oh my God, it's it's Liz Coquillard. Uh, we're going to be talking about you here in a second, Liz. So you got to stay tuned for this. So... We do have Finan um, Benoen coming on, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the Jones Act, talking about what it is, how it actually functions, and then we're going to be moving on to the cannabis reform as well. So it's a double header today. I've got an incredible guest. I'm so excited to have her coming on. Um, and if she, it looks like she may be ready for me. So perfect. Fina, how is it going? Aloha. It's going great. It's uh, 8 a.m. Well, 8. 8.13 a.m. in the islands, and I am happy to be here and happy to be on your show, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am I'm so incredibly excited that we were able to make this happen. It is so early in the morning for you, and, and so I have to apologize for that, but you're here. It's, it's, it's an incredible time. The Jones Act keeps coming up, and so I knew, I saw you uh, down there in Sparks, Nevada, um, speaking at the microphone throughout the convention. And, you know, I, I saw the enthusiasm. I saw the compassion. I saw the empathy coming out th through those uh, through those words. And so I knew that you were going to be one of those people. And I saw on your campaign website that the Jones Act is something that you're concerned with, as every person from Hawaii, Alaska, and any of the U.S. territories should be. Um, but this is... it's what What kind of opportunity is this? Also... Well, before we dive into things, you got to hop on a, a post of mine uh, a couple weeks back where finally we had it confirmed that the entire Muddy Waters team throwing up the Shaka, and you were the one to actually inform me that it was it was called the Shaka. I've always called it just the hang loose when I'm riding motorcycles, when I'm hanging out there. It's just, you know, hang loose, what what have you. Uh, so so you're teaching everybody, whether whether intended or not, and, and so I want to thank you for coming on this morning. Yeah, shoot, if I knew you were going to talk about the Shaka, I would have put up a different sign. I've got a sign that it's just the Shaka, because that's the big thing in Hawaii. You know, you say hello, aloha, and uh, you you put, you you let someone in on in traffic, right? It's very customary. You got to throw the Shaka. You got to throw the Shaka. And um, so one of my signs is just a big Shaka. In case they can't see my hand, they see the big sign that's just got a big Shaka on it. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a Hawaii thing. But it's it's spread through our surfing, um, our surfing community out here, which mm -hmm. spread to California, Florida, and a lot of people do associate it with hang loose. But it's a shaka. See, yeah. So I I think that I got mine from more uh, up the coast where nobody wants to go surfing up there in Washington State, where the water is is has ice cubes year round. It feels like. Um, now that I'm, I'm a resident of South Carolina, I can go lay in the, in the ocean, much like you guys can almost year round. And it's just beautiful. It's amazing. You get to see those sunsets, Washington, not so much. So I, I don't know who brought it up there, but I, I wouldn't attribute it to the surfers, probably a lot of the, of the Pacific Islanders, um, who live up there. Um, but it, it, it's incredible little piece of culture that I've brought with me across the coast. I think I'm the only motorcyclist, uh, that was riding up here, riding up and down the East coast. And every time I'd see another cyclist or a uh, rider, I would just, you know, throw him up the shotgun and, and, and 
And it just stuck with me. So I want to tell you a little bit about the Shaka. I know we're deviating from the message right now, but the Shaka has a mixed history. There's no true like origin story that's like 100% factual or everyone's got a little different variation of the same meaning though. And I've heard variations of a man that got like three of his fingers chopped off, right? And he was in charge of the um, the train that was out here in Hawaii and kids would jump on the train to get a free ride, but only if they saw him wave. And so that's one of the stories. That's, that's the predominant story that's out here in Hawaii, but the message of it throughout different stories is the same, which is it's safe. It's cool. Get on board. I love it. I love it. Learned it so much. Now I think I think that this is the perfect segue. It's safe. It's cool. Get on board. Let's end the Jones Act. So what what is the Jones Act? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. And I know this is like springing on you, but in the chats, I did post a YouTube video. If you can play it, if it's possible. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, and this YouTube okay. video is from Hawaii's Grassroots Institute, which is Hawaii's think tank. It is the... Um, it's really the most trusted think tank out here in Hawaii. And it was started by a libertarian and um, it's a great video. It really explains the, the nuts and bolts of the Jones act, which as a libertarian, when you hear in, in any kind of act, we're already like, Oh yeah, I'm on board. If it's making less government. Yeah. Check me for the box. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's an easy sell to libertarians. But for people that like to use the government to ensure job security, it's not necessarily something they want, but it's something that everyone will benefit from, at least in Hawaii, for sure, in Alaska, Puerto Rico, because everything that comes to um, our states has to come from a Jones Act ship. And what that means is all the ships have to be flagged an American ship, has to be owned by Americans, staffed by predominantly Americans, and also has to be built in America, which we're not that great of a shipbuilding country. We, that's not our bread and butter export. Yeah. So I have the video up. Let me pull this up and play it for you. Um, everyone can see that, I hope. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, so I apologize if you can't. Can you hear it? Oh. Ah. All right, well, you get to see at least, you know, at least what's being said. Can your audience hear it? Yeah. Oh, great. No, they can't. Okay. Hold up. Let me fix that. All right. No, they can't. Uh, so I'll have to fix that at a later time. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, so <laughs> anyways, what they were saying in there is that this is a 100-year-old 
um, bill. This was uh, the Maritime Bill, uh, Merchant Maritime Bill of 1920. The, the, the reason why it's called the Senate or the Jones Act is because the senator's name was, you guessed it, Jones. Um, and so what this did was this made it where the actual real effects of this made it to where just as, as Fina was saying, you had to have American ships, American flagships, American staffed, American built and everything else. This was created as it wasn't justified as, hey, we need to have Americans produce this and provide this. This was provided as a national security thing. This was on the um, on the in the wake of World War One, where uh, Senator Jones and many others were concerned that America's Navy wasn't going to be built enough. It wasn't going to be strong enough. It wasn't going to be robust enough. And so we need to force America to build more ships. And so why not use the merchant routes? And so they created this bill. And what was what the result of this um, was that they created this bill to where, you know, as we, we expressed some of those concerns, that the only people who'd be able to go from a U.S. port to a U.S. port was these ships. And so this left out Hawaii, Alaska, and all the, the U.S. territories. Um, thank you, TJ, for giving me a pass on this one. Uh, <laughs> but um, so how does this actually affect Hawaii? How, does this, how has this impacted Hawaii as a result of this? So I want to touch on what you already, what you just said real quick. Yeah. So you're right. It was passed after World War I with the intentions of making sure that we had enough uh, sea force in yeah. the event of another war, World War, which did happen, World War II. And we were the prevailing sea force in World War II. So um, that was also at a time where we were still building wooden ships. And now we've moved on to steel. And the idea comes from like colonialism and even previous wars, civil wars, where we, we, America and other countries would take merchant vessels, throw a cannon on it and call it a warship. And we're in a new era, right? So it doesn't really work. We have plenty of warships right now. We're still building warships. We're not building anymore. We're, we're not building as many um, container ships and shipping ships as we are warships so it, it's kind of a moot point to say it's like a security issue anymore it, it may have been then not anymore a lot of things change in 100 years so how it affects Hawaii if you go online you can see lots of videos of the ridiculousness of the Jones Act my favorite one is where is in Alaska where they have this conveyor belt that they will put boxes, shipment, like, you know, things that are going elsewhere. They'll put it on a conveyor belt, take it down a couple yards, put it back on the conveyor belt, put it back and, and send it back. And it's past the Jones Act. Hmm. That's, you know, anytime you make a rule, a law, someone's going to find a way to get around it. They're going to find a loophole. And that's what they're doing. And it's just like these ridiculous things, right? Um, how it affects Hawaii, obviously, it affects our cost of living out here. Everything is impacted by the Jones Act when it comes to price, because it costs, um, even, if you, even if you buy local, there's things you can't buy local. There's things that Hawaii doesn't manufacture. 
Yep. We are in a world economy right now. We are in a world economy. And the world has more shipping um, vessels than we do. So in COVID, during COVID, we were hurting for toilet paper way longer than you guys were. And, and that it wasn't just toilet paper. It's food. It's gas. Everything. And so let me tell you, a, um, I've got two stories yeah. to tell you about in Hawaii. One of them I heard from the last podcast I was on from um, a native Hawaii person. And he was telling me about his friend that was opening up a food truck. So he had a food truck shipped to Hawaii. And when it got here, because it wasn't shipped correctly, according to the Jones Act, he either had to pay to ship it back and get it shipped correctly, or they could smash it right there and destroy it. And to me, that's, that's getting in the way of business. That's yeah. getting in the way of small businesses. You know, food truck guy, he's not, he's not building a corporate America something. He, he, he's not making millions of dollars where he can just ship it back and, and get it done the correct way. Right. Yeah. And he sure can't afford to have it just smashed. He just bought that. that that's, that's an investment that he made to further his livelihood. Yeah. Right. So there's one instance. The second instance happened today, and it's not a rare occurrence. I've lived here for almost 10 years, and I would say it happens at least annually. And that is that we found a snake in Hawaii, in Kapolei, which is where I live, in the um, Home Depot. Now, for folks that don't know, Hawaii is absolutely zero snakes zero snakes we do not tolerate snakes snakes would devastate the um ecosystem out here yeah we're one of the few places in the world that do not have snakes we have indigenous birds we have birds that live nowhere else except for hawaii a snake into this environment would devastate it especially something like the pythons that they have in florida i just read recently that the anacondas are even in florida now we don't want that in hawaii yeah, you would think the Jones Act being something that the government puts out and is supposed to follow the laws and everything. You think that that it would benefit Hawaii to have the Jones Act in place so that they're looking through the cargo, making sure that there's no invasive species coming over here. But it's not. It's no. not serving Hawaii at all. No. It, if it was doing even the least for Hawaii, we would not have snakes ever come to Hawaii. I think with both of those stories, I, I think it's really important. Um, and John Morrissey put in the comments for the first story of the the truck driver or the, the food truck. If he was a large business, if he was a large corporation, the politicians would have bent the rules for him. But because he was a small business, those barriers are there to keep him down. Um, so, so that's incredibly important to note. When it comes to the snakes issue, right, their idea of protecting Hawaii, their idea of protecting Alaska and all these other things is to just look at the vessel, not to look at the contents of the vessel, um, which is which is one of the uh, utmost failures of this. But I want to I want to highlight this in the way that this functions, right, because Hawaii Alaska, these are I, I used to be an Alaskan resident for for many years. They are dependent upon trade from coming outside of its of, of its borders. 
when it comes to Hawaii, there are thousands of boats that travel past Hawaii shores that go to California, that go to Washington, that go to these these ports up and down the, the West Coast. Because the Jones Act is there, these boats can't stop at Hawaii and then go to California. If they wanted to actually go to Hawaii, they would have to go to Hawaii and either go up to Canada to one of their ports or go south to Mexico or even for, further south in order to come back and touch <clears throat> touch base with with the Amer uh, with another american port um it's just not logistically smart for how small of a population hawaii is for them to make a a, a long detour in that way so the jones act is actually making it more um more difficult for exporters or for importers of hawaii of, of alaska to be able to get those goods and services so the shortages you guys have is as a re direct result of of malfeasance of of keeping the jones act in place so i do want to touch on something um that you mentioned about ships bypassing hawaii and going to california that's true some of them do come straight to hawaii but then they can't go to california they have to come straight to hawaii and stay here but even if they come straight to hawaii they're going to come to Oahu because that is, if you didn't know, Hawaii is many islands. It, it's, uh, we, there's really, there's eight, but we say there's nine because we call, count Vegas. But that's another story. We One's a Juno. Or, or yeah. Jupiter, sorry. So, Not Jupiter. What's, what's... If, they come to, if they come to Hawaii, they're going to stop on Oahu because that's our biggest port. Pluto. Now, if they stop on Oahu, they can't go serve Hilo on the big island. They can't go serve Lihui which is our neighbor island, they, they passed it first to get to Oahu. They can't go serve Maui, Molokai, Lanai. They have to just serve Oahu. And then they've got, like you said, they got to go touch another foreign port um, or just don't come back to America. So yeah. we originally were getting a lot of gas from Russia. And then when we had the embargo, our gas prices shot way up, probably further than um, the mainland as far as percentages go, because we were getting direct shipments from Russia because they can do that stop in Oahu though. Now let me tell, talk about a whole nother industry besides the shipping industry that is affected by the Jones Act that we haven't talked about. And that's the cruise line industry. We have one cruise line that can go around Oahu or that can go around, around Hawaii because it's the one Jones Act approved cruise line. And if you're wondering, how do I get to Hawaii if I don't like planes? You don't. You, you don't because there's no ship that will do it. Yeah. No cruise line can go from California and cruise down to Hawaii, which is only about maybe a two day, three day if you really cruise like really like tugging along. Like maybe that maybe that is cruise line speed, three days to get here. Typical cruises last seven days or longer, right? Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. When I got married, I had a um one of my best friends, my best friend from high school. Um, we met when I was 13 and been best friends ever since she couldn't come to my wedding. Cause she doesn't like planes. Oh. So like, she wasn't going to get on a plane and we were trying to figure out how are we going to get my friend that's, uh, you know, can get an, at least get to California to get over here. And we were looking through, it's like, all right, well, maybe you can get on a, a merchant vessel and ride, but that's space uh, based on space availability and you're probably going to have to work while you're there. It's not a cruise line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to work. And even if you got here, right, 
You're not allowed to get off the boat and stay. Oh, uh, it's it's weird. It, it's so um, the entanglements. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. yeah, there are a lot of entanglements with the Jones Act. But you know what? I said it earlier when we were talking before the show, and I'm going to say it again now. This is predominantly probably libertarians that are listening, right? Yeah. As libertarians, we don't really need to know a lot about some particular act that's inhibiting the production or business or really anything we're against it already yeah you know we're, we're, we're down to end it yeah that sounds great if it's getting in the way of uh, progress and getting in the way of people's lives get rid of it and that it's been around for over 100 years the last time we had any kind of repeal to our constitution any kind of repeal for um laws was prohibition and i've been reading up a lot about that lately because I'm running for U.S. Senate, and as a libertarian, you know, I'm, I'm not down to go make new laws. I want to see how we can undo some. Yeah. So the last time we, we undid one was prohibition, and how they did that was with a convention of states. They didn't do it through, um, you know, just merely the Senate. They did it through a convention of states, and they voted on to repeal the prohibition law. So I would like to see some more... Um, activities like that and i've i've actually been trying to get involved with the convention of states been a big supporter of it because that's that's the direction now it's yeah. one of those things that if you actually do get a convention of states together you're not really sure what's going to happen it's a pandora's you know? box yeah ex exactly yeah. <laughs> um so you know it's one of those things that we could lose our gun rights or we can get more freedoms and and liberties we don't know yeah <laughs> you know it, it, it is definitely pretty crazy, but, um, you know, when you were talking about it, it reminded me of the most underrated president in our entire history, and that was uh, Silent Cow. And his, my favorite, absolute favorite quote of his um, was that it's more important to remove bad legislation than to enact good legislation. And when we look at the way that we have just stacked legislation on one over another, over another, over another, there are so many layers of bad legislation that have come as a, uh, come from this that the we have to start tackling those and start removing as much as we can and and this Jones Act is definitely one of those. Um I want to touch on this just for for the audience's sake because when we talk about this people talk about it proponents of the Jones Act will talk about it as national security. If we get rid of the Jones Act then we'll have Chinese boats coming from from China and Loading up the Mississippi and infiltrating our entire country and they'll be dumping off troops is is kind of this this hypothetical, unrealistic thing, because um, just a, a quick fact check on this. There's boats that are in the open ocean and there's boats that go on rivers. <clears throat> they, they, they don't they don't mix. They don't match very well. It's like having um, a drag car that's also going off roading. You just you, you don't have that. You have to make a lot of changes and boats aren't one of those things that you can change on the fly in, in that way. Um, yeah, I now I will disagree with you there because I, I was in the Navy. Mm -hmm. I was in the Navy and out in the rest of the world, you'd be surprised what people consider seafaring. Like they'll call a, a speedboat, a little dinghy fishing boat. They'll be in the open ocean like many miles away from shore like we're around <laughs> you know so, we're fishing <laughs> so side note what 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 did you do in the navy well 
I was a computer and networking technician for the weapons system. Originally, that was my big job. That's what I got hired to do. Mm -hmm. And um, being in the military, you take on collateral duties. So I was also a community relations coordinator across the world, dealt with countries all across Europe. And then my final duty station, I was a prison guard for Hawaii's own mini Alcatraz. So when I got here, I thought that I was taking duty and that the majority of the prisoners were going to be like, you know, pineapple thieves and kitten smugglers. I was wrong. wrong. And it's a mixed bag. And there's no pineapple thieves or kitten smugglers in there. It's mostly pedophiles, domestic abuse, people that smoke some pot and people that didn't show up to work and they're imprisoned. Wow. So that's, See, I, I usually have like a cool story because I was in the Navy as well. I was a, a nuclear mechanic on submarines. So uh, bubblehead. Yeah, so I sat in a tube all day long. That's all I did. Um didn't do much because I was a pre-comp, but it, it, it's 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 cool to find another uh Navy fed out there. Um Well when they were letting um they were when right before I got out, they were starting to allow females on subs. And I was one of the people that they were looking at because they, they had certain certain people that they looked at to go on subs. Yeah. And as my original job as an agent fire controlman, that's something that they could have made into. That's, a, that's amazing. So we got out probably roughly around the same time. I got out in 15. Um, 2016 for me. That's amazing. Um, I was on East Coast, so so we were nowhere near each other. I, I, it was actually funny because I, when I went through training, I was on, I was on East Coast too. I was on, oh, I was in you? Norfolk for several years. Yeah. Oh, oh. Norfolk, yeah. and then um, we like you guys have your training down in uh, Georgia, correct? So I did mine in South Carolina. Oh, okay. All of my training. Okay. Um, All of your training. Yeah. So I did three okay. years two and a half years of training in South Carolina, but it was all at the nuclear uh, facilities. Um, there's, there are some training down there in Georgia for the boomers, um, for the boomer class and for the, the conventional rates. Um, but I went from there. I was first one qualified mechanic in my class that was not going to ELT. And I put on my dream sheet. I was like Hawaii, California, um, Washington, Guam, Japan, and they were like Groton, Connecticut. And I was like, There you go. That's that's <laughs> not even the, the right coast. That's y'all's home. That's y'all's oh. home, Groton, Connecticut. Yes, yes. Submarine home of the world. Um and it was so our home was a little town called a smaller town than Groton, Connecticut. I promise you that. Called Dahlgren, Virginia. And Dahlgren is about forty five minutes from DC. Okay. In the armpit of Virginia and there's nothing around that they got a Walmart recently (laughs) that's terrible yeah Yeah. Broughton was it was I was so glad to have met my wife while I was up there but that was the only thing that 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 was good from Connecticut um (laughs) so I got out and I immediately moved south I was like southbound get me out of here and um so so that was good um so we both now are living in states that we weren't originally stationed in. Uh, you got stationed there for the end of your tour, and, and you've made your home there. I came back to my training ground states of South Carolina. But we both have been fighting different fights. And, and I think, I, I want to say in Hawaii, you guys have medical. You guys don't have recreational yet, correct? 
Correct. We do have medical. Now, I'm, I told you I'm running for U.S. Senate. And one of the other things that I'd like to do is give the people what they want, what they have been asking for for decades, and that is to legalize marijuana, deschedule it. So as a veteran, someone that carried not one gun, two guns usually, usually had two guns. I was the, you know, roving M16 watch. <laughs> so yeah. I had M16, nine mil, and ammo packs. And, I, and I'd carry that for at least five hours every five days, guarding the ship, protecting my brothers and sisters in arms, protecting myself, protecting the country. And I got out of the Navy and I was like, let me get some weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> let me get some weed. I want to do it legit. So I got my medical marijuana card. And if I had realized the consequences of it, I probably would not have gotten my medical marijuana card. Because if you get caught with marijuana in Hawaii, you just get a ticket. And I know this because I've been with people that have gotten tickets before. They, they sometimes get their weed back and the cop carries on and that's it, right? But when you have a medical marijuana card, you're not allowed to hold a gun. Yeah. You're not allowed to purchase a worst. gun. You're not allowed to touch a gun. So I, I kind of, I'm involved with some of the gun clubs out here in Hawaii, even though I'm not allowed to own a gun. And like I was out... I was out shooting guns with them, <gasps> had some pictures taken with them. And then about a week after I posted them, you know, the, the guy that's in charge of the gun club, he's like, got to delete those, got to delete those, you're <laughs> get in trouble. Can't have you getting in trouble. We need you to actually go out there and do the thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's one of those things I would never have gotten a medical marijuana card if I'd known that I was going to be sacrificing my rights yes to protect myself to protect my property to protect my family that's part of who i am i wouldn't have joined the military if i wasn't that kind of person yeah i'm the it's... kind of person you want to have a gun and the reality is and this is this is gonna be fucked up but i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it anyways the reality is i'm more likely to shoot myself than anyone else as a veteran yes no and that's the thing is like I, I talk about this a lot because I, the reason why I got out was because I have PTSD. And, and so I'm fighting that battle constantly. And for me, when I was active duty, I had the choice of get help for my PTSD or maintain in a military status. That is a, that is a choice that people mm, are forced with. Yeah. And so that's because you had a clearance and I know that because I had a clearance. Yeah. When you have a clearance, you do not go see anybody about your head problems. You don't talk about your feelings. Yep. Yep. You don't, you don't even, you know, you can't confide in anybody except for maybe the church, but definitely not the military church better be outside. And they don't, they don't want you to talk either. It's not just like you don't have this personal responsibility of like, I have my job, I have my duty for this, that, and the other to maintain my clearance. You are encouraged. Don't talk to people. Just just do come in, do your job. If you've got to go and, and booze it up, go ahead, booze it up. We can send you to, to alcohol therapy. Um, just don't come, don't drive drunk. Just, just do, just self-medicate if you will. But don't- right. 
self-medicate with lots of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Just just don't don't let there be a paper trail with it. And and so the 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 troops see this. And so we realize that there's a choice there of do I take care of myself or do I put the military first? And so when you put this in front of 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 people like yourself when you get out and you're like, "Can I I can get a medication card." Now unbeknownst to you it was a choice of do i have the right to consume um whatever i want into my body because it will be beneficial in in a medicinal way or do i have the right to be able to protect myself my family my home we can't keep having these choices of either people don't get the help that they need or they are able to continue doing what they need to do in order to survive. These these shouldn't be choices being pinned against each other. But sadly, the way that our legislatures have worked uh, in states and certainly against the, in the federal government is that you have to sell a right to gain another right. It, it misses the whole idea there that these rights are inalienable, in fact. Mm-hmm. By you owning yourself, by you owning your body, you get to choose what goes in your body. I don't get to tell you you don't get to put... Uh, McDonald's in your body because it's terrible for you. I don't get to tell you to to stop drinking 16 Red Bulls in a day that that's probably why you actually have um, insomnia. We don't get to tell people what they put in their body, but for some reason merely putting cannabis into your body, which doesn't make you a violent offender, doesn't cause you to become violent. People do become violent um, by virtue of their own nature. But those shouldn't be prohibiting you from being able to exercise your Second Amendment. Correct. And the reality is most people, well, I mean, I don't want to say most people. More people get violent when they drink. Yes. It's the common trope that happens when people drink. That's part of the reason why I don't drink because I start throwing. <laughs> I might yeah. start throwing too. <laughs> uh, so I don't I don't really drink. Um so I like to smoke weed. It keeps me calm, keeps me focused. I'm not a couch potato pothead. I'm the kind of pothead that kind of freaks other people out and that I smoke some weed and I'm like, let's get this shit done. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's me too. Like I, I used to, when I used to smoke, I would smoke and then I would go rebuild the car engine. I would smoke and I would go build something. I would smoke and I would go read something. Like I was going to do things and it helped like clear my head enough. Um, the only violence that I would ever commit when, when I was under the intoxication of, of cannabis was on a bag of Cheetos or Doritos. Like I don't, (laughs) don't stand in the way of me and them, but, but apart from that, like cool, calm and collect, I would, Mm -hmm. I would laugh more at your jokes. So if you were, if you're trying to be an aspiring comedian and you need somebody to, to prop you up, come, come find me, give me a bowl and let's go. Um, yeah. And you know what? I'm the kind of smoker that, um, I'm not necessarily going to share my weed with you. I maybe will ask if you would like some weed, but if you say no, I'm not going to push it. I'm definitely yeah. not pushing it. That's more for me. Um, I'm not going to hand you my blunt necessarily. You're probably going to have to ask for it because I'm probably going to smoke that all by myself. And it's, it's a, it's a different community. It's a different community nowadays than, than it was even back in the sixties. Like, Hey, come on, man, just smoke this joint. You're not cool if you don't smoke this joint. I don't care if you smoke my joint. I don't want you to smoke my joint because that's more for me. Yeah. You know, you're taking my weed. If you want a joint, go buy your own weed, roll your own joint. I can show you, but I'm not going to roll it for you. Yeah. I'm I'm still so offended by the dare 
of like how often they were telling us you know people are going to come off of you drugs i'm like why why did you guys give me you know between that and and quicksand being prevailed as like the worst thing ever in the world that we're going to confront this all the time like bro i failed the dare <laughs> let me tell you how i failed the dare i was the dare essay winner <laughs> like my essay went into like little books or whatever to be published for other kids for the future and i regret my dare essay i really do my mom had it framed in her house and it's just like my mom smoked pot and she thought it was hilarious <laughs> you know um but i i regret what i wrote because yeah. it's from a, a small child's point of view are you saying children are not infallible i think uh there's a couple children in the news that may no, i'm just kidding <laughs> well, you know you you have such a limited view of the world as a child yeah you don't understand things and for people to be pushing agendas which the dare is an agenda onto others of telling them how to live their lives yep. these children are just going to soak it up and let me tell you when we grow up and we learn the truth we're not going to be happy with what we were taught yeah and and i don't want to share too much of matt wright's story but matt wright was talking about with his life you know, he was raised in a very conservative household and drugs were bad, okay? And and he f tried weed one time and he was like, this was not nearly what it was, like, made out to be. Like, this was not that bad. And so, by virtue of, of the terrible way that people frame it as, as a... Um, as it being the gateway drug, it's more the laws around it. It's more the stigma around it that when people try cannabis for the first time and, and cannabis is something that I'll advocate for people to try out, um, for the medicinal purposes, um, for the relaxation effects for, you know, for a litany of things, um, people go, if this is made illegal, is, is it true what they say about meth? Is it true what they say about black tar heroin? Is it true what they say about cocaine, about MSD, about, you know, all these other drugs. And it's just like, people try those and and when we talk about the idea that the first time you shoot up heroin could be your last time um you know that's true but people because they've been stigmatized because of the propaganda around it they're more apt to try these out rather than actually being truly educated on these things um and and of course indoctrinating children is you know without going into the military thing this is why they go after young people people that don't have their prefrontal cortex uh, fully matured yet is because they want to get them when they're susceptible to these things. And so, you know, as we go out there and we talk about it at the state level of, of medicinal cannabis or at the state level of, of legalizing um, recreational or decriminalizing or at your level of pushing at the federal level of ending the war on drugs. These are things that we have to do because an ignorant society that is throwing people in their cages for, for lifetimes um, as a result of wanting to put a, a plant in their body, um, it, it's got to end sometimes. Yeah. You know, when you talk about going and giving the government hell, Right. That's what yeah. libertarians want to do. Yeah. And so when you go to the when you go to the the table to make a deal, right? You don't go there and 
offer what you're willing to walk away with. You go there, you ask for it all. Yes. Ask for it all. And so I would love, you can quote me on this. I'd love to get rid of the FDA. I'd Woo! love to get rid of the FDA. Just see ya. I got to on. cover these because these are going to be showing for a while now. Uh, <laughs> don't don't talk about ending alphabet agencies on this show. I'll, I'll get too excited now. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, could you it, imagine what that would do? I mean, not just marijuana, not just marijuana. Don't think about drugs. Don't think about the 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 things that people put in their body necessarily for you know to get high or whatever. Don't think about those. Yeah. Think about cancer treatments. Yes. Think about where the FDA isn't being applied to right now when it comes to fast foods, when it comes to how they're they're encouraging bad food for your body, for your consumption. But they're banning things that are- The food guide pyramid? Oh my God, the food guide pyramid made me fat. I know it did. I can blame any of childhood obesity and really my family's even to that degree. And my family had diabetes. They were- they were, like some of my family, they were big, and it's because they were listening to that food guy pyramid. Twelve servings of bread and pasta a day gonna make everything go good. You kidding me? Twelve slices of bread? That's I would have a stomach ache. I'd be so bloated and fat if I ever just did that. Just a week of twelve slices of bread. I, you I can have... eat everything on the food guy pyramid correctly, and you would be just so fat. Yes. We don't need to eat that much food. I think they were. I feel like they were plumping us. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I I laugh because I I feel like twelve servings of of carbs or bread and pasta is like a light meal, a light day for me. I I I love and adore them. That's that's like my sacred cow. So don't. Well, you so look don't, like you work no. out. You look like you maybe exercise a little, a little. If if not, you look like you you do something. Yeah, I'm lucky. So. I'm lucky. I am incredibly okay. blessed and lucky. Uh, <laughs> well, for some people it is some people 12 so- servings of bread okay yeah. but vast majority of americans do not need 12 servings no. of bread especially no, when you don't. add that hamburger patty on it and lettuce and tomato and onion and cheese and all that good stuff that's in the food guy pyramid oh lord yes no absolutely and, and it's one of those things that you know we value freedom here right and if you want to eat 12 servings of, of bread in a day if you want to do those things you can it's bad for your health the same thing when we talk about drugs, drugs as the government has called them, right? If you want to do 12 servings of, of cannabis in a day, have at it, enjoy it, enjoy your time, do it safely. Don't don't go out there and, and, and be a potential threat to others through by doing it. Um, so, you know, don't go out there and be like, all right, I smoked a couple bowls. I'm going to go speed racing down the highway, you know? Do it comfortably from the confinements of your own home. Don't be like those alcoholics out there that are driving around drunk all the time. That are like, well, you know, I, it's my freedom to do what I want to do. Don't pose a risk to others. Be safe. Be good. Make your own decisions. It's your right to your own body to do these things. You know what wasn't included in the food guide pyramid either? The basic necessity for life. Water. That's how you know it was bullshit. Oh. Yeah. That water, that's actually probably what saves me the most is I drink, I drink one caffeinated drink a day in water. That's basically all that I drink all day long. And, and that's the one thing that can help kickstart for people. If you guys are looking for uh, just a quick uh, health pro tip, if you guys are looking to kickstart your metabolism in the beginning of every morning, ice cold water, first thing in the morning when you're hungry, 
and put a put put some lemon in it that that will help kickstart that um but it, yeah ex it's exactly right there's so many things that are being missed that they don't care about when it comes the fda and the way that they structure all this stuff they don't care what's actually going into your bodies but they will work to deregulate and control it um and preventing you from doing this um i did promise that i was going to touch on the story of elizabeth coquillard and her uh significant other of william henry um for the audience you guys may have remembered we had them on William Henry was uh, facing some drug charges for having a couple grams of marijuana in, in the county. Um, so he got sentenced for basically time served and, and plus two days, I believe it was. No no parole, no, um, no uh, probation after the fact. So he got off light, if you will, but they had stacked the jury against him. But this really speaks to the idea that even in a state where it's legalized, um, for you to consume this stuff that the state will still work in its even allow for a jury trial of wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars um, in order to confine somebody for these things um, that sometimes you make a good enough case to where they're going to let you off quote unquote easy for you living your own life it's, it's i will say some benefits about having a medical marijuana card it's gotten me my weed back before so when covid was happening uh, it was probably like a year into COVID. It was after the, the 2020 election. I had a, um, an incident where I, I think I maybe had like a, a stroke. And so I had my friend take me to the hospital. And I did the whole like COVID check-in before I even got into the hospital. They're checking my temperature, asking me um, what I'm there to be seen for and go through that whole process. And then I go get to go into the hospital. And going into the hospital, I had to go through a metal detector and a security guard. And it took my purse, sent through the, the, the metal detector or whatever. And then without asking me, opened up my purse and took my bowl out, took my weed pipe out. Hmm. Fourth Amendment doesn't exist. It was like, I'm, I'm confiscating this. And I'm like, that's my medical weed. That's my... That's like my respirator, if you will. I mean, I have a medical right to have that. And he's like, not on premises. And I'm like, and we got into an argument. And I finally was just like, I've, I'm leaving. I can go to a medical facility and be treated with dignity, right? And I'll take my pipe back. Would not give me my pipe back. He would it's not insane. give me my pipe back. So I left. I had to catch an Uber to go from one hospital to the other because my friend had already left if it i could have there could have been a lot of things different that happened yeah you know i fell leaving the hospital that just like checked me and was like yeah you need to go see the doctor get an ekg and all this stuff they saw me fall and because they knew that i had a medical marijuana pipe with me which of course they all everybody thinks they see a pipe and it's crack of course Everybody thinks every pipe is crack pipe. It's not. And um, and it smelled like weed. Straight smelled like ganja, you know? So it's like no questions about what, what this pipe is for. And um, so they saw me fall, get, and then wait for my Uber. Nobody came to help me. I went to the, um, the military hospital, got checked out, did my blood work. And of course, what they told me was, you, you should have come and seen us sooner. And I'm just like, well, I would have, but <laughs> I was arguing with the security guard about my medical device. 
So I had my husband come pick me up from the, the medical hospital after I was released. And this has been like at least 12 hours yeah. of ordeal. And before I went to go eat, before I did anything, I went straight back to that other hospital and I called the cops on them. Now, the cops didn't come the first time I called them because I think they probably thought I was fucking around with her. I was, I was joking, but I wasn't. So I called them again. And they were there in 10 minutes. The cop came out, looked at my medical marijuana card, looked at my pipe. And by the way, they had already like locked up my pipe and, and the, the boss had said that the cops would have to come to get my pipe back, which is why even when I showed them a medical card and showed them that um, I was a medical marijuana patient and that this mm-hmm. is my property, they still weren't giving it back to me. So I had the cops come out and they were like, yeah. She's a medical patient, and that is her property. That's equivalent to them reaching into my purse and grabbing out forty dollars out of my wallet and saying, "This isn't you're not yeah. allowed to have this." Or it's like forty dollars. That's my like, property. Yeah, or like an asthmatic person of taking their inhaler, or taking uh, somebody who's diabetic taking their needles away. Like you don't, you just get to take people's medical equipment away from them because you've deemed it not to be anybody's thing from anyone exactly you do not have that authority now if you didn't want that on your property okay i'll put it in a locker or something or maybe they could have given me an option to before my friend left go put it in her car but that wasn't an option no they have un- unposted warnings of don't bring this stuff up. And then when you bring that stuff up, they're going to, to trample you. And a uh, comment from, from Facebook was, I hope you called him a bootlicker. Uh, <laughs> but, but it, I wouldn't do that in front of the cop that just got my weed back for me. <laughs> I would have laughed at, laughed with the cop afterwards and been like, look at that bootlicker out here just taking people's medical stuff. But um, but no, but it, it really does speak to to this idea of when, especially when it's a medicinal thing, that you have a right to your equipment, not just the medicine, you, the, the, the method of, of it being um, ingested. That is a part of those medical rights, and, and we see where the state tramples on that. Um, I see that we're coming up at the end of the show, but I wanted to give you the last couple couple minutes. I want you to plug your campaign site, plug where we can find you, where we can follow you, where we can learn more, and where we can support you on your race to the U.S. Senate. Sure. My name is Fina Benoan, and you can find me on the internet, or you can find me live in person in Hawaii. If you want to come out and help with my campaign, come on. I need you. I want you. Take a vacation. Come on down to Hawaii. Help me wave signs. Um, it's actually kind of fun. And so that there's that. FinaBenoan.com is my website. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Fina Benoan. Instagram, I'm Fina26. Twitter, I'm Fina Benoan. I have another website, Fina for Senate. I have another website, Fina.website. So I'm trying to conquer the internet as much as I can. So I have three different websites depending on what you want to know like yeah. what's your interest right so if you're big into films and content probably go to fina.website i i, I did have a i do got a bleh, excuse me just smoke some weed <laughs> <laughs> i do have a film degree from hawaii pacific university and have an award-winning film that's kind of like 
out there. It's it's a science fiction type film, but it's about compliance. And a lot of people would probably like it. It's a short film. So I have short films. I have uh, blogs on the FINA website. The FINA for Senate is more about issues, like where I stand on things, elaborated. And the um, FINA Minoan.com is just like, it's the nitty gritty. It's to the point, donate, um, get involved. Here's a very little bit about me, a few pictures. That's it. Like the business. Perfect. Well, it's like, how deep down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> which, which level of libertarianism do you want to be in, to the, in, in on this website? That's, that's incredible. Um, I, I'm looking forward to continuing to see you campaign. I'm looking forward to seeing you continue to be successful and, and branching out there and pushing good libertarianism, but also good for our culture, for our society, for the good of every American out there, um, as we know libertarianism is best at. Um, but I want to I thank you so much for your time today, and, and uh, thank you so much for waking up so early for me. I don't know if you had to wake up early for this or not, but with you being yeah, a couple hours early. Okay, good. I was. We were in the military. Come on now. Yeah. No, I know. I, that early. I wake up at like ten o'clock now. I, I, I gave. I got rid of a lot of those militarisms. I still speak it though. Sometimes it's bad. Um, but I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hello, folks. All right, guys. What an incredible episode that was um sitting down and talking with fina and and talking about the jones act something that keeps coming up in history because it's it's keeps standing against um uh, not just the lower 48 spoken as as a continental u.s but also against our u.s territories and hawaii and alaska uh learn a little bit about that and also talk a little bit about the cannabis um because these are these are things that are going to keep coming up in in history and we got to keep being equipped to to have these discussions as we look to break down these barriers standing in the way of the betterment of our society so i want to thank fina for joining us today um next week we've got uh i will not be back next friday i'm actually going to be heading out i'm going back up to that terrible land of connecticut if you guys are, are a viewer from there i love you uh just don't love your state or your region um so next week no no bearded truth but we'll be back the, the following week um but of course matt and spike will be here next week so you guys are going to get three more episodes make sure if you guys want that third exclusive one you guys head over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe to get a part of that we love each and every one of you guys for checking us out, viewing us, for sharing us, for commenting, for liking the videos, for hitting the bell on YouTube, for hitting uh, hitting us as your favorite on Money Waters Media, uh, on Facebook, for giving us the five-star reviews on your podcast, for everything that you guys are doing. We appreciate you guys and love you guys. And for those of you in the exclusive group, you know we love you a little bit more. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Hopefully you guys got to enjoy your 4th of July. You guys have the same number of fingers you guys went into the weekend with. Um, but with that, I think that's going to be it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know I love this conversation. It was a great time. Hope you guys are going to be well, be good, and keep fighting the good fight. And I'll see you guys in here soon. <laughs>